Um, thank you so much. It's really lovely to be with you all. Um, I think this is the third time I've spoken. Is this okay? Am I? Is it? There we go. Is that better? A bit less bouncy. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, I think it's the third time I've spoken um, to Hub Church. So thank you for having me back. Um, and um, it's really lovely to be here. I think the last time I was here was about two years ago. And I told you a bit about the building project that we're doing in Harlesden. So um, I'm one of the leaders of Community Church Harlesden. We've been there since 2006. And um, in the beginning of 2020, we bought, well, actually, Refugee Education UK, which is a charity that I chair that we started and that Catherine Gladwell, who some of you know, um, leads. And um, UK actually bought the building, but it's been a kind of joint venture. I'm really pleased to say that four years later, we are very nearly ready to start meeting in it. Um, it's uh, an old bank. It's four stories. It's been the biggest ever project. Um, it's been an incredible privilege because God has provided. I think when I came last time, I, we were part, kind of partway through the journey. It's just carried on being quite a roller coaster um, in terms of the, God's provision. The best bit being when we had a trustee meeting and um, this donor, uh, one of our previous donors, said, can I, um, can I come and talk to you about your finances? That We think there's some irregularities. So we're like, oh, no. Yeah, of course you can come. And um, so we went through everything in kind of great detail. And at the end of the meeting, he said, Joy, can I just um, say one more thing? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he said, well, we're actually closing down our trust. Um, and the answers you've given, you know, we're, we're happy with them. So we'd like to give you a million pounds that you can spend on anything you want with no reporting, completely unrestricted. I was like, oh, great, thanks. Literally everyone around the table burst into tears. Um, and I tell you that story because it was amazing. And actually, every, almost every penny of that is going to go on all the extra costs that we hadn't seen of doing the building. So we've been very, very grateful that we haven't, uh, we were originally we were like, oh great, we can pay off the mortgage. But no, um, that we have just managed to actually finish the project. Um, but it was also one of those moments where you were like, oh yeah, we all thought we were here trying to prove something. And actually, you were just wanting to give us a big gift. And isn't that like our father, that we're so often thinking we've got to prove things. And actually, he just wants to give to us. Anyway, I'm not really going to talk about the building. I just wanted to give you a little update. Um, we are very close. We're very, very nearly there. So thank you for your prayers. Um, so just a little bit more about me. Um, I, uh, I'm one of the leaders of the church. We're all volunteers. We don't have any paid leadership. So um, I spend the rest of my time doing my day job. I used to work as a senior civil servant. Um, and then last March, nearly a year ago, I quit. Um, I won't go into why. And I now um, work for uh, the Labour Party, so I'm helping them with their faith engagement. So I've kind of taken a bit of a swerve into politics, and I spend most of my time. Um, it's great fun. I spend most of my time making friends with faith leaders of all different faiths um, and politicians and introducing them, um, sort of at national level and then locally as well. So um, a really fun job, which I really enjoy. I'm going to keep clear of the party politics because this is a church meeting, but if you want to talk to me afterwards, come and find me. That would be great. Um, and then, yeah, just I have three boys, and I'm married to Tim, who is a lawyer. So um, our life is fairly full um, and um, lots of fun. However, January is my least favorite time of year. So today, I'm delighted that it's the 4th of February, and we've made it through January. Um, so I don't feel very spiritual saying that. I feel like, you know, you should be able to, you know, bounce through every season of the year. But no, 
I hate January, and uh, my, my husband gets very grumpy about that because his birthday is in January. And so, you know, he's like, well, I was like, yeah, but okay, so the 30th of January is quite fun because it's your birthday, but the rest of it is cold and it's dark, and we've had Christmas, and we've had, you know, the usual round of colds and flus and all of that. Um, so I am, this, this afternoon, I am delighted that we are into February. Um, but there's an awful lot going on in the world, isn't there, that is challenging and unsettling right now. And, um, you know, I, I'll list a few things just to, you know, remind you. Um, we have the threats of climate change and what that's doing to our planet. We have uh, the cost of living crisis that we are all living through. We have wars um, in the world in, and, and political uncertainty around the world that we have, you know, that we haven't known um, in our, you know, that hasn't affected us so much for a long time. And of course, there may be things happening in your lives as well. Um, that word that we had earlier about uh, the um, unwrapping the parcel and different layers be feeling torn or being torn and difficult. There are lots of things in your lives that I don't know about. Um, there are challenges um, related to the, the kind of the instability and insecurity uh, that affect each one of us. Um, and it can be really difficult in that context, can't be? It can be really hard to keep going. So today, we are going to be looking at Psalm 84, um, which is a pilgrimage psalm. And the reason for this, I'll come on to talk a little bit more about, is that I've got really into pilgrimage recently um, as, a, as an actual discipline, spiritual discipline, but also as a kind of metaphor for our um, lives as Christians. Um, so hopefully something I say is going to help someone here today a little bit. But it really did, um, uh, I don't, there was so much great prophetic, by the way. I started trying to scribble down all the links and then I kind of, I got, I, I kind of ran out, you know, couldn't do it all. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit does the linking up in your hearts. Um, but there was loads of amazing things that came out. But someone said, uh, talked about drawing on the strength of Jesus. You know, that strength that is under whatever wrapper of life we're going through at the moment, the strength of Jesus. So I'm hoping um, that as a consequence of everything that's come out and what God's already done this morning and some of the things I say that you'll go away feeling strengthened. The Psalm 84 is a pilgrimage psalm. It was sung as praise um, by the pilgrims who traveled to Jerusalem to worship. Um, it's written by the sons of Korah. And now probably lots of you know this, but I didn't realize until I was preparing um, that the sons of Korah were placed in charge of the worship in the sanctuary. Um, they were the doorkeepers um, of the sanctuary. And that was a kind of a grace given to them, really, because if you remember, Korah was um, the person who led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. Um, and he, about 250 people, he kind of led a revolt, was about to overthrow them, and then the ground opened up and swallowed them up. And the few sons of Korah that were left were given um, this job of being doorkeepers in the sanctuary. So when they sing of their love of the sanctuary, it's particularly with that kind of perspective in mind. So I'm just going to read it. So Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. 
Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. So what can we take from this pilgrimage psalm written thousands of years ago um, to the 4th of February here in the UK with all of the challenges that we face in our lives? So, as I said, pilgrimage is something I've been thinking a lot about. Just as a little aside, if you're interested in any of the things I say about pilgrimage, they can all be found <laughs> in a book called The Sacred Journey by Charles Foster. Um, actually, I don't, I didn't, I'm not sure they can all be found, but it's a really good book, um, and I highly recommend it. Now, of course, um, in some traditions, and perhaps more historically, the idea of pilgrimage is that it's an act by which you gain forgiveness for your sins. But that doesn't sit well, does it, with our view of redemption by grace. And so I think because of that, because of the idea that you had to do kind of long walks to kind of pay for your sins, I kind of like discounted it as a sort of spiritual discipline that I might be interested in. However, there's actually, as I'm going to try and explain, quite a lot for us still to get out of it. So last year, as I said, I quit the government in March, and then I got three months of gardening leave. So basically, I had three months of paid leave before I went to work for the opposition, for obvious reasons, um, which is great. Uh, I highly recommend having three months of paid leave. Um, I don't know quite what I did with it all. I mean, I just, it just, a lot of it seemed to go into kind of just jobs around the house and seeing friends. But with Emma, that was fun. Um, but then I actually took a whole week uh, to go to... Uh, France, the south of France, and I did the first part of the Camino de Santiago, which is um, a pilgrimage to Compostela de Santiago in, um, the, on the west coast of Spain. Now, I didn't obviously do the whole thing in a week because it is about 800 kilometers, um, and that would have been very, very quick, um, but I started it. And uh, the reason I started it, so originally I was going to just do the end bit. If you just do the end bit, you get the, you know, the sort of thing that says, your sins are forgiven or whatever. Um, and I was going to just do the end bit. And um, I decided in the end that I would do the start of it because someone said to me uh, that that's what she'd done and then she'd gone back later and finished it. And I thought, yeah, this is a really good idea because I'm starting a new phase in my life. I'm starting a new career, essentially. I'm starting a new thing. So I'm going to go and start the Camino de Santiago. And that's what I did. So I did the first 160 kilometers. Um, and uh, it was really amazing and I've, I've, I feel it's find it really really hard to explain why it was so amazing so basically what you do is you literally get up every morning walk 
I did it on my own. And you meet some people along the way sometimes, not always. And then you turn up at a hostel and you um, see if they've got a bed and you see if they'll feed you <laughs> and you stay there and you have a meal with other people and you stay in a dorm. It's a little bit like, I haven't done that since I was a lot younger. Um, and then you go to bed and then you get up the next day and you do the same thing. And most people do it, do that for like 35 days until they finish it. So it's kind of, on the one hand, it's, it's not like... It's not a particularly exciting holiday. It's a very simple way of life. Um, and it was absolutely brilliant. I ended it, like I say, for a week, but I cannot wait to get back and do the rest of it. And when people ask me, well, what was it? What did God say? What did you, know, what did you learn? It's very hard to encapsulate it. I'm going to try and give you a few things um, that I learned along the way. But there is something just profoundly grounding, I think is the way I would put it, about simply walking with God every day. And I also think it's a very helpful, as I've said already, a very helpful metaphor or picture for the Christian life. So I'm going to make four points. The first one is that pilgrims know where they're going. Okay, it's an obvious point. First part of this psalm is a description of the glorious sanctuary that they're going to, um, the dwelling place of God. They're all heading there. And they obviously love it, don't they? How lovely is your dwelling place. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They're ever praising you. And of course, if you're doing an actual physical pilgrimage, you are going to Jerusalem, you're going to Santiago, you're going to Canterbury. And you have markers along the way telling you how far you are. And it's, all, you know, it's very clear where you're going. Um, and as followers of Jesus, we know where we're going. We've talked a lot about, we've heard a lot about heaven, haven't we, essentially, that we're heading towards the new heavens and the new earth where there will be no more suffering and there'll be no more pain and it will be wonderful and I cannot wait. Um, and that also means that we know who we are. We're children of the Father and we're followers of Jesus. And that sense of who we are and where we're going is something that many people in our world now just don't have. One of the privileges of um, my job is that I meet a lot of different people and have lots of conversations about faith. I've never had a job before with faith in the title. And so as a result, I have lots and lots of, lots more conversations about faith than I ever had. Um, and a common sort of refrain that I hear is, oh yeah, we do all need a bit of faith and hope right now, don't we? Um, and... Uh, Whatever your politics, whatever your view, whatever your situation, you probably agree that we don't have like a clear sense of where we're all headed because there's so much uncertainty. But we do know eventually where we're headed. We may not have nice markers along the road like you do, and it's so it's one, the markers are wonderful on the Camino de Santiago. You go through all these lovely, lovely paths, and the markers might be anything. It might be sort of some stones on the floor in the shape of an arrow or a painted arrow on the road, but there's always, always a marker. There was one time in a whole week of walking that there wasn't a marker, um, and I had to just make a decision, like, in faith, and then, you know, 100 yards down the road, there was the marker. Um, it's, one, it's the best thing. You don't have to use a map or anything. Just walk, follow the markers. Of course, it's not like that. Of course, it's not that easy actually living the Christian life, but actually, we do know eventually where it all leads, which is to being with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth. And it's going to be great. 
So, firstly, pilgrims know where they're going. Secondly, pain and longing is part of the pilgrim's journey. The pilgrims in Psalm uh, Psalm 84 are desperate for their destination. Their heart and their flesh cry out for the living God. And on the physical journey of pilgrimage, pain is definitely part of the journey. So despite all the warnings, I massively overdid it on my first day. So the first day when you leave France into Spain, you go over, um, over a mountain, over the Pyrenees. And um, I was fresh because it was new. Right? It was just starting. So I had all the energy in the world. So I bolted over the mountain practically and then carried on a bit further. Um, so I went way further than I was anticipating on the first day. I was also walking with a, a very athletic German guy who was like, we can just keep going. So I was like, okay, yeah, we'll keep going. I'll, I'll come on more to the people that you meet along the way in a minute. So I walked too quickly and I walked too far and I had done something wrong with my socks. My sock boot combination was not very good. So by the second day, I had really bad blisters. Um, and by the end of the second day, I could hardly walk. And I was like, how am I going to do another four days, I think it was at that point, of walking. I literally can't put one foot in front of the other. Um, I think my whole body was like, what are you doing in complete shock? I did some serious damage to a toenail that took about six months to recover. Um, But anyway, yeah, I was grim, yeah. Um, So (laughs) there is pain in the journey. And of course, a large part of our Christian journey is simultaneously knowing where we're heading and knowing what we're hoping for and taking baby, very painful steps towards it. Persevering in relationships, taking the personal and financial cost of the things that we're called to do, choosing to put each other and our neighbours first, choosing to help out others before our own comfort. That's all hard work sometimes and it's costly. And sometimes we can think we might be getting things wrong because it's hard work. But of course, that is all part of the journey. It was interesting hearing the questions that their Alpha Course um, uh, explorers are asking. Um, I had had an interesting conversation with my 16-year-old niece recently who's doing um, religious studies and um, wouldn't call herself a Christian. And she was like, yeah, but Joy, how can... She literally came out with the... And the the suffering question, how can all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing God allow there to be suffering? It's always always the easiest question to get on a family holiday, isn't it? So I I was like, you know, as we're walking, and we were walking again. So I, and I didn't really know how to answer it because, you know, I didn't want to shove anything down her throat. But I did want her to understand um, this whole idea of the now and the not yet. I said to her, yeah, but you've got to understand. I mean, we did talk, we talked about free will. We talked about lots of the kind of things that you would say to answer that. But I said to her, you've got to understand, she didn't seem to grasp this yet, that we're not in the fullness of everything that we know we will be in one day. And then that there is so much pain in the journey and that is never denied in the Bible. The Bible never says it's all going to be easy and plain sailing. Um, And I while I don't believe that, obviously I don't believe that God makes bad things happen to us, I don't believe there is any pain or difficulty that we go through that he can't in some way use to draw us closer to him. You all have your own stories um, and it's incredible to experience God's presence in those times, isn't it? So blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage 
and blessed are those who trust, whose trust is in God. It's that attitude of putting one foot in front of the other, even when it hurts. Okay, so first we've got pilgrims know where they're going. Secondly, pain and longing is part of the pilgrim's journey. Thirdly, pilgrimage is a thing we do with others. So the psalmist is part of a group that on a highway to Jerusalem. Um, I don't know what your image of the pilgrim is, but it's Genuinely, genuinely is a communal activity. Um, the interesting thing about the Camino uh, was the people that I met. I, w- I did it on my own, as I said, but, and I really wanted the solitude. So I'd start every morning by myself. <laughs> this is so glorious. Um, you know, living in a busy house and with a busy job and a busy church, I don't have that much time on my own. But every morning I got up, started walking on my own. Sometimes there was one day there was a rainbow it's amazing. Um, every day there was, at some point, there was coffee and a croissant. It was wonderful. Anyway, but by the afternoon, I would usually fall into step with someone. And so by the end of the week, I was falling into step with the same people. So it was beginning to be kind of um, relationships that built. And you kind of, if you do any reading about these kind of pilgrimages, people tend to make lifelong friends. If you do a whole month, you tend to end up making sort of lifelong friends with people. Most of the people that I met were at a stage of transition Um, or recovering from some relational breakdown or shock or burnout. Most of them were not Christians. The majority of the people I met would would not have said they were a Christian, but everyone was searching. And the conversations along the way... The, um, the listening to one another, the just being there with each other, and sometimes just walking in silence um, with people who were otherwise kind of complete strangers was really um, powerful and a real privilege. And everybody that you meet, even if you don't stop and talk to them, everyone says buen camino, which means like good pilgrimage. Um, everybody, you know, so you might hear that like a hundred times a day. It's just an incredibly simple but incredibly sort of meaningful form of community. And obviously doing this Christian life, this um, life that we're all trying to do, um, only works with others. I feel like I don't need to tell you that. You're clearly a community who love and support each other. But I'm underlining it this afternoon because I do think there is sometimes when we're going through those difficult times, those torn wrapper times, um, that we find it hardest to um, invite others in, that we find it hardest to open up to others. And we can end up believing, can't we, that, we're the, that no one could possibly understand. Um, and no one wants to hear it anyway. And we don't want to be a burden. And so I just want to remind you that nothing could be further from the truth. It's a bit like Dan was talking about um, in the Garden, Garden of Eden and um, hiding, the, de- the desire to hide is strong sometimes, isn't it? So let's make sure that we don't do that. Let's not hide from one another or from God. Let's make sure that we reach out when we're having the more tricky times of plodding through this life. And of course, we want to invite others into the journey too. Just switching images briefly, away from pilgrims to doorkeepers. So right at the end, we have that verse about it being better to be a doorkeeper than um, in the house of God and dwell in the tents of the wicked. Just thinking about a doorkeeper, a doorkeeper can keep people out, guard the community from others, or it can be the person that welcomes people in. And obviously, our, as pilgrims on this journey, um, we want to invite people to walk with us. 
and we want to invite those that we pass on the path to come with us. That didn't happen. I didn't, I didn't, kind of, I didn't get any pilgrims to join me on the Camino in Spain, I should say. Um, you know, maybe next time, maybe when I go back and finish. So we've had uh, pilgrims know where they're going. Pain and longing is part of the pilgrim's journey. Pilgrimage is a thing we do with others. And finally, pilgrims make a difference along the way. So this is probably my favorite verse. As they pass through the Valley of Bacar, they make it a place of springs. Now, the Valley of Bacar is translated lots of different ways, but it's either a valley of tears and weeping or a valley of dryness. It's wild and lonesome. The pilgrims make it a place of springs. So the Camino in Spain mostly goes around the outside of the main settlement. So you're kind of on the edges of the cities and towns, which kind of goes with what you're doing as a as, you know, if you're doing a pilgrimage. You're kind of being in a deliberate sort of um, spiritual discipline way. You're kind of out of the normal settlements. You're doing a you're doing a kind of different thing on a different um, journey. You're focusing on a spiritual journey. But occasionally, the Camino makes its way through cities. So it goes through Pamplona at one point. I remember it was so weird because you've been out on this, like, um, beautiful, on these beautiful hills where everyone's like, buen Camino, buen Camino, and you fall into step and talk about the meaning of life. And then, you know, carry on a bit and you're praying and it's all good, although your feet are hurting. And then you go into the city and everyone ignores you. So weird. I remember being like, why aren't you all saying, like, buen Camino? And I was, like, smiling at people and everyone's like, who are you? Um, and it was really weird, but it, it, re it was a really vivid demonstration of the kind of the fact that we, we're, we're living this glorious life with Jesus. And then we come into the world, don't we? We come into the normal, normal world. We go and interact with other people who are not getting to walk this sometimes painful, sometimes meandering, but always knowing where we're going, life with Jesus. Now, we've already heard about some amazing things. It's really great to hear about the praying for people on the streets and the Alpha Course. You guys are obviously already doing lots. One of the privileges of my job at the moment is being able to be an advocate for lots of the amazing work that churches and other faith communities do. So if you look at who is providing food banks, who is welcoming refugees, who is befriending families? Who is opening their doors to provide warm spaces? Who's supporting children and young people? If you look at who's doing that in this country, a lot of that is being done by local church communities like you um, all around the country. And it's, um, it's really amazing to be able to sort of open, open the eyes of pe uh, people who are not part of our communities and say, look, this is what's happening. This is pilgrims making, passing through the Valley of Baca, making it a place of springs. And I don't want to like, I'm not trying to give you loads of things to do. I'm trying to encourage you that that is what hap is happening. And when people who are not part of the community of faith that we're part of see it, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, churches are actually quite good. <laughs> they do a lot of good stuff. It's really fun. I love, I love, I love kind of ha seeing that moment of kind of, oh, yeah, happen. So, so yeah, just want to say one last thing on that day. Just don't, don't think it's got to all be the projects. The projects are good. But just you living your authentic pilgrim way is also such an encouragement to people. And, we'll, and I'm sure it happens to you. It's, it's, a lot, it's a big advantage to have faith in your job, though, because people ask me about my faith all the time now. It's really fun. Um, 
But don't be, don't be discouraged if you're not seeing it. You are by bringing the Spirit of Jesus into your workplaces, into your streets, into your communities. Things are happening in people and they, they will ask. So I hope something I have said uh, this afternoon is encouraging. Um, if nothing else, think about going on a pilgrimage. Um, it's a really, uh, it's very hard to explain how good it is. I've got this, like, uh, this little shell. It's the sign of the, um, San, the Santiago um, pilgrimage. And it's um, a little scallop shell. It's the sort of symbol of, I think it's just that, someone can tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's just that Camino that this is the, um, this is the sign of. But I wear it all the time, uh, wherever I am. So I spend a lot of time in Parliament and places. And I wear it to remind myself of my identity. I am a pilgrim. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't, may not look like one. <laughs> um, and I may not have the sore feet of a pilgrim. Um, but I'm a pilgrim. I know where I'm going. Pain and longing are part of the journey. I need to do it with others. And we do change things as we walk. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Amen.